Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to The Colin and Samir Show. This week on the show, we are talking about what a lot of people are talking about, Twitter. And we are recording this on Sunday. So I imagine something has probably happened since the recording because things are happening every second on Twitter. That's true. So just so you know, as a timestamp, this is Sunday around 4 p.m. Pacific time. So as a record... We're also joined by our good friend, Evan Lozado, who has been on the show before and has provided perspective on this topic uh, and is back to provide his perspective on what has transpired since the last time we talked to him months ago on the show. All right. Hope you enjoy this episode, trying to make sense of what's happening at Twitter. All right, Ev, welcome back to the pod. Thanks for having me back. The last time we had you on was when we had kind of inklings and rumors of maybe Elon Musk taking over Twitter. And now we have you back on to give some insight as to what the hell is going on on Twitter. Yeah. Now let's get some background again for people who are just tuning in. Who are you? Yeah. Hi, I'm Evan. Uh, second time guest here on the Smear and Colin podcast show. Excuse it's the me. It's Colin and Smear yeah. show. It's Colin different, and different, different channel. channel. We'll, different channel. Yeah. we'll yeah. fix it in post. Um, I, uh, I, uh, I've been working in social media and creator marketing for the last 12 years. I did, um, uh, a stint at Facebook, a stint at Snapchat, and then most recently ran an influencer marketing firm called Socialite. Which, uh, according to Yahoo Finance, you just sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just did a deal with Dolphin, uh, yeah. entertainment, really, really excited about that. And uh, yeah, Socialite's going to continue growing as part of the Dolphin umbrella. And that's why you have time to sit here with us. <laughs> that's and why I'm here today. This is how I wanted to celebrate, drinking some yeah. cold brew, some liquid death water, that's and right. talking about Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, before we keep going, you got to push the mic a little closer to you. Okay. And here. Yeah. Or you can just you push can pull it up. Towards or, you. Oh, yeah. oh look at you. that. There look at go. the technology yeah, these yeah, days. Yeah. Huh? Okay, perfect. Okay. Um, the one company you didn't mention, but you did have a short stint at was Twitter. That's right. Yeah. Little you, known fact about me. Yeah. Uh, I did work at Twitter for seven weeks in 2014 between Facebook and Snapchat. Uh, and it's been really fascinating to watch what's going on over there. Having been there for seven weeks, I was telling someone actually just this week that one of the things I actually remember about working there, which is kind of ironic, is they really prided themselves at the time as for being like the uh, free speech platform mm. and like that, you know, they would only take down content if they were legally required to do so and really wanted to differentiate from Facebook or, you know, some of the other platforms at the time. It's just ironic to look back that that is now what is causing everybody to freak out that, sure. you know, that that's the vision, that's the mission. And uh, yeah, times have changed. How many employees were at Twitter when you joined? Uh, when I joined, so I think it was around 1,500 probably when I joined, 12 wow. to 1,500, which um, is funny to to think about because that's pretty much the size that it's been cut back to today, right? Yeah. I think, yep. uh, I think that's what's rumored is it's about 1,500 down from 7,500, which is a huge huge amount of that, layoffs. That's a large, that's a it's, huge amount of people. It's a hard, yeah, yeah, it's hard to imagine six out of seven people leaving the company. But, you know, Twitter was fine in 2014 when I was there. It was not failing all the time. They had a whole sales team. You know, they had a whole engineering team. They were able to keep it going. So I think some of the calls to, you know, uh, some of the people who think it's about to just 
fall apart. People are like waiting for it to fall apart during the World Cup right now, right? That it's just going to crash and never come back. I think they're going to be a little bit disappointed because obviously you can run it with, I thought you probably run it with less engineers. It's just a more a matter of, you know, what, what starts to potentially uh, not work as well. Just not, it's not mm-hmm. going to fail and, and fall right. apart entirely. It's also not like Twitter is the only tech platform letting people go. Right. right? Like Meta laid off 11,000 people. Amazon let people off. Like Snap. Snap. Yeah. Snap. Right. Yeah. And that's just a product of the times. Twitter yeah. obviously has its own situation well, going on. There's also yeah. content companies. I mean, just to, to get, it's like every company is laying off people right now, but there's yeah. also like Morning Brew just laid off. Uh, some high percentage of their staff as well. So yeah. it's like content companies are also laying off people right now. It's a, it's a really interesting yeah. time in the world of media. Uh, 100%. You know, the, the thing about that, I was watching uh, Scott Galloway on CNN this morning and they asked him about all these layoffs and is it a really bad sign? And he used Meta as an example. He's like, look, Meta laid off 11,000 people. They're back to the amount of people they had a year ago in like November. Yeah. Right. And if they actually wanted to go back to pre-pandemic times, they'd have to lay off another 40,000 people. Right. Yeah. And that's a trend that's happening at Amazon. It's happening at these other companies because they've been, they they grew so much during the pandemic. Yeah. There was a tweet that I saw, and I'm curious if you, I remember when you were working at Facebook and I think you told me that you could bring your laundry there and they would do laundry <laughs> yeah. for you. And really? Yeah, it took a yeah. lot of yeah. advantage of yeah. that. Laundry I mean, and dry had, cleaning. They had, uh, yeah, it was, it was wild. Like what the what these tech companies offer is, yeah. is pretty wild. And it was very competitive for engineers and, and employees at that time yeah. that they had to offer. And there was a tweet that was like, at one point, Silicon Valley tech companies turned into adult daycare. Yeah. And the, some of these layoffs maybe are suggestive now that like some of that is going to get unwound, like especially the way Elon is running Twitter. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's kind of just, from what it seems, he's kind of like, what's what's essential to run yeah. the company and let's strip it back down to that and rebuild. Is that going to operate as like a signal to the rest of tech if the site doesn't shut down and they're able to operate with this more minimalist team yeah. Is that a signal to the rest of the content platforms and, and tech companies? I think it's honestly something everybody's, I think, going to be paying very close attention to, to see what the net effect is. Um, I think one of the things that makes the Twitter layoffs different from the other companies you guys mentioned is just, you know, the scale of it, obviously, is, a, is a, you know, uh, letting go of 11,000 employees, I think, came up to like 10% or 12% of Meadows. This was 80, 75, 80% of Twitter's workforce. But it's also... Met all the other companies when they do layoffs, they are you know cutting somewhat evenly across teams, right? Stripping back to the way Twitter, the way he's, which by no means do I, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Do I endorse the the way he's fired people online? And I mean the lack of dignity he's treated people with is is another conversation. But he's he's just pushing people out and some entire teams have left, right? Mm. Whereas some teams are still there. So it's Got not it. an, e- it's it's just kind of unclear what exactly is left at Twitter. Mm. Mm. And um, some of the essential critical teams may be completely depleted or they might be still full and some of the teams they didn't need as much, uh, especially with his new vision, uh, might, you know, might still be there or been stripped back. But I think that the bigger question, the bigger difference is, uh, at Twitter right now, it's not just uh, uh, perks, operating expenses, uh, and employee costs conversation. It's also about the revenue side, yeah. right? They've alienated completely their entire advertising base. 
which we talked about yeah. when I first came here, mm -hmm. right? It was That's like right. how much advertisers care about brand safety. They don't really care about layoffs, but if you're laying off the entire trust and safety team, <laughs> they're going to have an issue with that. And they've yeah. already publicly started pulling back those dollars. That seems to be the one thing that maybe, um, you know, Elon Musk might listen to uh, if it starts hurting the top line uh, while he's trying to, you know, cut the bottom line. So let's, let's go back now and say, you know, since last time you came, we were just talking in kind of like theoretical terms of what was going to happen. Yeah. Now we have actual things that have happened since Elon's takeover. Yeah. Um, the $8, you know, Twitter blue verification uh, yeah. was a, a hot mess when it first <laughs> rolled out. I even sent everyone in our company a tweet from what I thought was the Roblox official account. It was not it said, you can now have sex in Roblox. And I just, <laughs> be I believed it 100% because it was a verified account that said Roblox with the Roblox avatar, <laughs> sent it to our company Slack and was like, this is insane. Why would Roblox tweet this? And then everyone was like, uh, that's not the real Roblox. Um, yeah. So that verification thing from like a, the, the, the just culture of Twitter, like even Colin and I were talking about like how, when, when a verified account interacts with us, we just kind of, it has priority and we ensure that we're taking a look at it and, and are interacting back. And in our messages, we are, you know, get priority from verified users in our messages. Like they, they all come to the top. Yeah. The day that launched, our inbox was filled with verified users because everyone was buying verification. Right. Um, from my understanding, he's put that on pause uh, until November 29th to kind of re- Refigure it out because <laughs> yeah, it, it did yeah. not. It did not really work. Yeah, um, it's unclear how many people bought it, but like for for that to be a significant source of revenue for Twitter, everyone kind of has to do it, or yeah. a lot of people have to do it. A lot of people. A lot of people to, have to if, do that if it's going to replace what they're going to lose on their advertising business. Eight dollars from a single user. You have to think about this. Like a single advertiser, how much are they spending on Twitter? Right, like a single yeah. customer, if you're doing a deal with them and convincing them to spend, it's it, it's probably in the, at least that high six figures or seven figure spend on yeah on for the Twitter. large for a large for a large right yeah. um, even even smaller they're at least spending like they're not spending eight dollars uh, yeah. a customer right they're spending <laughs> yeah. a lot more so yeah. advertising is a significantly better business for Twitter yeah um, but like this subscription model. I don't know if he can figure it out, but if he can figure it out, maybe it helps, but it's not that substantial, right? No, it's it's hard to imagine it replacing, I think he wanted it to be 50% of their business yeah. or something like that. The amount of, yeah, subscriptions you'd have to sell is just bananas. But I think it, it, it almost, to me, I remember we talked about this early on, like on our first conversation, like do we, does he really know what he's doing? Like we talked about that a lot. Um, uh, does he really know what he's getting himself into? And it, to me, it was a signal that he does because he knows he can't run an organization that caters to advertisers. He's just too blunt. He's too, mm -hmm. you know, he does what he wants to do. He doesn't want to run Twitter in that way where he's, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, uh, you know, uh, whining and dining marketers. So he's got to build another business. Um, uh, so yeah, I think that, that part of it was really interesting. I, I th what one thing I have found interesting, that other than the verification stuff, and I guess it's tied in, the only other place where he seems more focused on growing a business rather than cutting the business is on creators. I think he's said that a couple times yeah. that he really wants to find ways to attract creators to the platform from YouTube, from TikTok, um, from Instagram. And I'm curious if that's part of the verification plan, where you know, with it for eight dollars, you get a bunch of creator tools and 
um, you know, ability to create content and get distribution that you can't otherwise get, or if that's a separate push where he's going to start paying creators like other platforms have done to come create on Twitter. But how do you even, how would you as a creator make money on Twitter? Because, right. you know, how we have made any money on Twitter is just through, you know, brand partnerships that have a tweet as part of, you know, the campaign. Yeah. There's also Twitter Amplify, which is pre-roll video before creator content. That's a very small percentage of creators who have access to that, who have been approved for that. Right. Any of the, were any of the creators or are any of the creators that you work with at Socialite, were you doing Twitter campaigns with creators? A little bit, but honestly not, definitely not the bulk of our campaigns included Twitter. Um, so it's an uphill battle for them, especially for yeah, a platform that's 12 years old. Yeah, because it's not a native like, yeah, advertising I think it's super platform. unlikely that video creators come to Twitter because consumer behavior is not to come to Twitter for video. and consume video. Right. It's not even yeah. like the behavior is like TikTok where it's I want to consume short bits of video. It's literally like to consume text and photo. Yeah. And, ma and mainly to like interact. I, I, I watched some video on Twitter. I, I actually, I, I follow a couple of video accounts like Instant Karma. I don't know if you guys- But video is few and far between for you. On Twitter. Yeah. Like even for you, like yeah, yeah. You, it will surprise sure. you if yeah. you come across video. And yeah, I think I that's got, the toughest thing is that like the consumer behavior is not there. Yeah. I would never invest solely in video on Twitter. Like I would never put a lot oh. of time and energy into a video because I just know that there aren't people there waiting for it. I'll tell you yeah. this. I'm not watching a pre-roll ad on Twitter. No way. <laughs> the yeah. speed at which I'm scrolling Twitter. Yeah. And how totally. much, how much dopamine I need injected into my body from just scrolling Twitter. <laughs> I cannot stop on a pre-roll. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's going to cause withdrawal. Yeah. You know, immediate click out, immediate yeah. click out. So no, it's, yeah. It's, like an, as an ad product, it's not, it's not a great ad product. No. You know, I, I, I don't know, like promoted tweets are interesting, but then you fall into like, how do you, how could you split revenue with creators on a promoted tweet? Right. You're not going to do that. Well, I think it's, yeah, I, I think TikTok has found a little bit of a model with this, right? A little they're, bit. They're yeah. pair, trying to pair brands with their top creators. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I think if, if they cannot guarantee a brand safe environment on Twitter where your ad might be below some hate speech or anti-Semitism sure. or whatever it is, um, you know, it's just, it's, it makes sense to me that they would want creators on and have advertisers feel more comfortable working with creators being, you know, native inside of their content as opposed to a random ad in between tweets that you can't guarantee the safety of. So it makes sense to me why they'd want, obviously, creators to come to the platform. Uh, it's a product question as to whether they can actually convince them to come. Here's one thing I've been thinking about, though. Like, the reason why YouTube, Google is such a powerful platform for creators is because the premise of YouTube and Google is search. Like the base, the foundation is search. And yeah. basically it's like, if you, you know, like let's say you, Colin, can you provide me some good search results? If yes, I'll compensate you. That's essentially what YouTube is. Consumers are there searching for things. If you're able to provide search results that people enjoy or recommendations that they can enjoy, I'll compensate you. That's a pretty good model for, for YouTube and Google. It's all based on the consumer coming there to search. Right. When you think about Twitter, like what would you be compensating us for? Is mm -hmm. it just keeping people on the screen? Same with TikTok, right? It's like essentially they're saying like if you can keep someone on the for you page, we'll compensate you. Yeah. Right? Like it, you have to think about it from that angle. On Twitter, I don't see the like what what is because from a creator perspective, 
like, what am I creating on Twitter? Just like hot takes that, that would keep someone right. on that feed. I'm probably going to do those anyways. Yeah. So what, what's the exchange on Twitter? Yeah. It's it, the, the irony is I feel like Twitter has become like more and more the, the content creators on Twitter are like the ones doing the long threads, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. true. Um, uh, and it's almost a business community similar to like a LinkedIn or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and Which at that stage, I would say LinkedIn's a better platform for that type of content. Right. Because it could lead you to, you know, CMOs and like executives at, at different companies. Yeah. Where you can have a ton of impact on less audience. And um, it's a longer form, right? It's yeah. just if you, to do it in 40 tweets or whatever mm -hmm. some of these long threads are. I agree. The product needs a radical shift if it's going to attract, you know, creators who are going to then attract advertisers back to the platform. But that I do find it interesting that he's called it out a couple mm -hmm. of times that that's where he wants to focus his investment is, is growing the creator side. I feel like from a product perspective, I wouldn't even want Twitter to shift too much into video. For me, like the yeah. value of Twitter is that the barrier to entry is so low that you really don't even have to be a creator. You can post something in an instant and the value for me is I can log on and know that this is the most up-to-date pulse yeah. of what's happening in society on the internet. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. I feel like for me now with Elon at the helm, his news has started to trump what maybe would have been there before. Like what yeah. I would have wanted to log on. I, I'm having a great time following it. It's, yeah. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. But I also find that I'm not getting the Twitter experience that I used to get. Right. Of, of like whatever's happening in crypto or whatever's happening in sports or whatever. Like I, I can still seek it out, but my timeline is completely covered yeah. Yeah. in just and what is happening in Elon's Twitter. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. though the way that he has positioned Twitter recently, which I think is interesting, is as the most accurate place to receive news. Mm. And I think that's a really interesting take of kind of like when you think about creators, uh, flipping creators into like journalists or thinking like starting to reframe the whole platform as like a journalism platform that's decentralized. Yeah. Although decentralized is a word that's out the door for me now. I'm yeah, over that word. Yeah, it's got a stink on it. Yeah, it's got a But Elon tweeted um, today, World Cup starts soon. Follow on Twitter for the best coverage by far. You know, yeah. like you think about that even as like a value prop. Mm -hmm, uh, yeah. It's kind of interesting. And then he tweeted out the opening ceremonies for the World Cup. Uh, like the video for that. And he's kind of like really pushing and you go to the, you know, you go to the, um, <laughs> also just the wonder, trending page. How long does this last that he is the person we go to? Like he is comms. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. He's, like he's, the he's guy comms. has so yeah. much going on. Yeah. This has to run out at some point. Yeah. He's you know, comms like, and marketing. Yeah. For like Twitter. I just he's, wonder if, it's, if he's like, <laughs> Shit, the World Cup's starting. I should probably let everyone know. Yeah, <laughs> this is a big deal on Twitter. Too. Well, I think it's gonna be <laughs> yeah, like, like, like he has so much going on. Yeah. It's gonna be right now. It's probably gonna be for months until he hires a CEO. Yeah, it's going to be him, which is such an odd thing. We've never experienced having this much access to the person at the top of a platform. Yeah, and we've also never seen someone treat a platform the way like yesterday when he put out the poll. Asking right. if he should reinstate mm, yeah. former President Trump. 134 million people saw the poll. 15 million, 85,458 votes in that poll. 52% said yes, 48% said no, and he reinstated President Trump on Twitter. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, I, I, it's, it shows the um, value of the platform, honestly. I think it's, it's really, really interesting 
that he went about it this way. I, I don't think anyone doubted for a second that he was going to bring Trump back when he bought the platform, right? He was pretty clear that yeah. he thought he shouldn't have been deleted. So um curious. But I believe that if that poll went the other way, he wouldn't have done it. You think so? I think so. Yeah. I think it would have been a really weird vibe if 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 the poll went the other way and he brought him back. Yeah. But I think he knew the poll was going to go that way. Yeah. But 15 million votes yeah. is insane. He yeah, also there's brought a, Kanye back. He also brought Kanye yeah, back this morning. Right. But he, oh, didn't, he didn't run a poll on that one. He just did it. Um, but Kanye like, tweeted this morning, testing, testing, seeing if my Twitter is unblocked. Yeah. <laughs> That's his tweet. Oh, Lord. But this, this like, like... What is the world? There's no... But are there really now no guidelines that are universal? Like, is it... I, and I'm just asking, I really don't know. Is it truly whatever Elon wants to do because it's a privately held company now and it's... Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you think about it, it's always been like shifting goalposts. You know, it's like whether it was Elon or a trust and safe, a head of trust and safety mm. there or a council, moderation council like Facebook has, at the end of the day, somebody's making an executive decision on all these things. Elon's yeah. just doing it very publicly yeah. and without much of a clear chain of command. You know, it's not like he's letting other people chime in. Um, so I agree, it's fascinating. I, it, I also saw Trump's not taking the bait, right? He's not gonna come he, back on Twitter. He he's not he's tweeting. So his, his account is there, but he's not tweeting. Okay. He hasn't tweeted. Yeah, I think yeah. he. I think he came out today and said he's sees no reason to come back because he has Truth Social or something like Got that. It, yeah. Which is sure funny because this is, I think, one of the first times his business uh, uh, and his political ambitions are like coming yeah. clash. Right? <laughs> right, right. If you want to win the election, you probably should be on Twitter <laughs> instead of this tiny platform yeah. called Truth Social. But he really wants Truth Social <laughs> to work, so. I could see this being a conflict for him for a long time. That's really funny. Yeah. That internal battle that he's probably it's a real dealing with. Like, ah, yeah. oh, man, I want to be on Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, but it's crazy. Like any any of these conversations um, or questions to be asked to the user base. Yeah, that we've never seen that before. The we've whole, never seen YouTube ask the user base like, "Hey, what do you guys think? Should we do this?" Yeah, like that would be that would be insane. Yeah, and and th it's almost like another level a layer of that too it's like imagine if youtube was going through the acquisition with google and the whole thing was playing out on youtube live right like we're following along this story yeah. on twitter and all of the key characters are tw are the way that they are participating is through tweets yep it, it's just we've never had anything like this it's it's the most uh interesting story i think we've had in social media in a really really long time this podcast is supported by our friends at Kajabi. Kajabi is one of the most significant brands in the creator economy. Creators have earned over $6 billion on the platform through selling courses and membership. And Colin, do you know how Kajabi was started? I don't. So the founder wanted to manufacture a toy for his kid, but over time realized that manufacturing and fulfillment was really complicated. So he actually ended up making a video about how to make toys and then realized there was no good way to sell knowledge-based videos online. So he built Kajabi. So the platform is actually built by an online creator. That's really cool. And it just makes me think about how many opportunities there are in education right now. There are so many things that people know that other people would love to learn, but that they just don't have access to. 
And I think online creators are the absolute best teachers right now. We all know how to engage an audience through video. When we were thinking about launching our course business, student experience was the number one thing we wanted to make sure was excellent. And after looking at all the options, Kajabi was the one that really stood out because of their templates as well as everything that's built in. We're able to offer worksheets, videos, live sessions, challenges, and even a built-in community all through Kajabi. So if you're interested in checking out Kajabi, go to kajabi.com slash Colin and Samir. All right, back to the episode. So uh, another thing that happened yesterday uh, or earlier this week was CBS News said they were going to pause on Twitter. They were no longer going to use Twitter when they found out about, you know, some of Elon's actions, including reinstating Trump. Yeah. Uh, About maybe 12 hours later, they said after thinking about it, they're back on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) It just shows. And he he dropped an emoji underneath of like a crying emoji or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, that's like, (laughs) you know, like if you're going to announce that, maybe just stick to it. Yeah. You know, don't you think? It just shows how like emotional this whole thing has been for people and the takes are and thinking that it's going to shut down that, you know, that everybody was talking about Twitter shutting down that night and tweet your favorite moments. Like a week ago, everybody was complaining that Twitter was a complete hellscape and it'd be better for humanity if it went away. And then everybody was so upset that it, it could disappear. It's just, I think everybody needs to, to, dial it back a little bit, you right. know, it's, but that's it's, what Twitter is. The yeah. reason why we <laughs> open Twitter, you yeah. ask anyone yeah. to dial it back on Twitter. The reason why we open <laughs> Twitter, dial back the whole, the whole reason why we open Twitter is to just see how horrible things are and yeah. to just like, and to act as a herd. Yeah. And to, to be like, yeah, yeah, things are crazy and make jokes about it and to do memes about it. And like, just get together and talk about how insane things are. Yeah. And it's like, I, I feel like, that culture really picked up during the pandemic, even for me as a consumer, like as COVID was picking up, I would turn to Twitter to see how insane things have gotten, you know, right. what were the case numbers? Like what were the, the, what was going on with COVID? What was the new strain I needed to know about? Like, yeah. that's where mm-hmm. I turned uh, because I knew people were going to be talking about that, you know? Right. It wasn't a place I turned for like, optimism or like, you know, (laughs) positive outlooks on the world. Yeah. It's like great memes and like cathartic laughs or like angry herd mentality that, that, yeah, kind of reaffirms your political perspective or makes you angry because you're reading the other side. Mm. So with the, the premise of Twitter being that, in my opinion, I don't know that Twitter can ever become a creator monetization platform. Mm. How can it? Right. Is it, is it like maybe one thing I've been somewhat impressed with is Twitter spaces. Like when, when Twitter spaces does go live, like it's, it's impressive to me. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's a lot of people listening to those. People are chiming in. It's like, it like very, in my, like successfully uh, took out Clubhouse in my opinion. Like that seems to be like way yeah. more, a way more interesting product because you can also tweet and talk about what's going on in those rooms. Yeah. Is it like, as a creator, I can charge a membership to get into that. Or if you are part of my, you know, paying member, you get access to that. But even yeah. that, there's better platforms to do that on. So yeah. how, do you, how do you treat this like open platform for free speech? It almost feels like a NPR or PBS model, mm-hmm. right. right? Where it's like yeah. everyone or Wikipedia, yeah. Right, where even everyone he, just donates. It's a public utility. It's a yeah. public utility. And even Elon calling it like the digital town square. Yeah. 
imagine an actual town square. How would you monet? You're not monetizing like you pay taxes and yeah. they upkeep the town square through taxes, but everyone gets to be in the town square. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, so, you get so, to have your voice there. Yeah. I actually think if yeah. they did it like Wikipedia and every time you open Twitter, it like asked you for your you know donation or your support. Yeah. I, there'd probably be a good amount of people who do it who are like, yeah, I, yeah, I want to keep Twitter a free speech platform. And if that was the messaging, it was like, keep Twitter a free speech platform, pay, you know, one, five, 10, or enter your amount. Right. You know, it's like, there's, there's a lot of like, like, again, Wikipedia is like that. Yeah. Uh, NPR is like that. It's just like, and I, I think it, I mean, this probably are, these are the conversations Elon's probably having with you know, a, a lot of his advisors and stuff. And it's probably why he was so drastic about the cuts because to become this, uh, you know, public utility free speech platform, um, you, you basically have to kill your advertising business, right? Yeah. You can't be um, succumbing to advertising dollars. So he knew if revenue is going to go down 50, 75%, he's got to do the same on headcount and, and just strip it back to the bare bones and then build back from there. So I don't, the way he's done it is um, really erratic, just with the different rounds of layoffs, the different way he's laid people off publicly. But I think in general, I, you can imagine the business plan, like when he acquired it, uh, you know, I'm going to have to make some really substantial cuts. We're losing a billion dollars a year. They're losing a billion dollars a year. Yeah, that's and cool. People were really upset because there were teams like, um, which is an amazing thing. I think there was a team that did, uh, uh, like digital rights and, and like worked with, um, uh, the UN to include and, um, integrate like some of their policies around information and free speech and stuff like that, and would coordinate with government organizations to, to include those on Twitter. It's a great thing to have. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that team ended up getting laid off, which is unfortunate, but at the same time, if you're losing a billion dollars a year, that, that may not be, uh, like, something that you can have, right? Like you, you, you probably need to be profitable to be able to provide some of that value back. You know, it's, it's hard to ask somebody to provide that at a loss, right? Mm -hmm. Like who's paying for that? Is Elon Musk really supposed to pay for that? Was, you know, the shareholders of Twitter supposed to pay for that kind of work? It, there was no, no way for Twitter to get to profitability. So it, it almost had to go this route if it wasn't going to go bankrupt. Do you think this will ultimately be always a loss for Elon Musk? From a business perspective? Well, yes, but I don't think for the reasons that, that, that you know, not in a self-imposed way, other than he put in the offer at the absolute peak of the market. Yeah. Right. right. And and the, the value of the business went down 75% like the rest of the tech industry, like Snapchat did, but he got held to the original price. So from that standpoint, I think it'll be very difficult for him to make his money back. But hmm. um, I read an article yeah. from The Verge that was saying, that, you know, Elon buying Twitter is actually much more about politics than it is about social media. Like his job will entail uh, politics in a way that it didn't before. Like the fact that different countries have different laws around how people can interact on the internet. And he's going to have to make decisions about things that are happening in yeah. certain countries where they do buy Teslas. Right. Like mm. in like Germany. Yeah. And, uh, it was a really great article from The Verge. I never thought about that, that like some of the decisions he makes at Twitter could impact some of his other businesses. Yeah. And I think he's, that. that's the other thing that could pull him back from Twitter a little bit is if it starts to impact Tesla's, you know, uh, earnings and stuff like that, which it already has a little bit. But I mean, that 
this was worth, I think, what is it, like 10 or 50 times the market cap of Twitter. So hmm. Twitter's kind of a drop in the bucket to, right. to him compared to what he wants to do. So, From my understanding, SpaceX bought a large amount of advertising from Twitter. I saw that yeah. as well. Is that true? Yeah, yeah I think they're that, like SpaceX is like Twitter's biggest advertiser right yeah, now. SpaceX, it's like SpaceX, Tesla, Starlink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just like yeah. out one pocket in the other. Um, but what do you think now? Like, should what? Do, I've been trying to answer this question in my own head. Like, does any of this matter to creators, or only creators who have built like substantial followings on Twitter that are able to drive traffic on Twitter? Yeah. Like, what what does this mean? if anything, for creators? I think uh, I think it remains to be seen because I think it depends what he really wants to do to attract creators. To me, more than anything, I think it's a signal to creators that um, you've never been more valuable to the ecosystem, right? Mm. That, that literally the one place he's talking about investing and growing is trying to attract creators. Like that is the one value prop he sees right. in, in his ability to, to invest and grow the business. So... I think from that standpoint, um, that's interesting. And then on on the other hand, I I do think this kind of marks the end of an era for social media generally, where um, it was just about growth, 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 scale, 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 eyeballs, 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 and then we'll monetize them. And it does feel like something shifting, even though Twitter's the only one to start doing something like verification where they're gonna charge their users. You know, Facebook's starting to play around with subscriptions on Instagram. Yeah. It feels like everybody's trying to move away from the advertising model. And I think, you know, creators have that flexibility to do that in ways that the social media platforms yeah. can't. So I think, I think it's just a signal of an end of an era that creators are very, very well positioned to succeed in this, in this next chapter. And I think you'll see more and more of the social media company. I, they're already doing this, but doing everything they can to attract creators from one platform to the other. I also think this illuminates the premise that like we don't own the platforms, right? Like you don't own your distribution mechanism, yeah. which I think is really important to always remember. Like, yeah. like what if this was YouTube? You know, yeah. who knows? Like you don't own that. We don't own the pipe between us and our audience on YouTube. We rent it. Uh, yeah. And the landlord can change the policy at any time. Like I've, I've talked about this on the pod before, like what if YouTube charged us a dollar to upload and maybe it was like for priority access and processing or like for higher resolution or something, mm -hmm. but if they charged us a dollar to upload, we would do it. Of course. Like that, this is our business, like no problem. Yeah. Uh, and I think as creators become more small businesses, I think all the tech platforms are now going to look at us as small businesses. Yeah. And as they're, they're providing a tech solution for small businesses. Yeah. So I think there's going to be like, because when we monetize on Twitter, Twitter doesn't see any of the monetization. If we monetize on Instagram, Instagram doesn't see any of that monetization. Yeah. YouTube does see a level of monetization, but they don't get a cut of our brand deals, right? So like I, we are small businesses using their platforms to grow our business. A hundred percent. So I, yeah. I think there might be something in the coming years where they take a look at it and they're like, we... Just like QuickBooks, we're software for small businesses. Yeah, and you I, know, yeah, I think for a long time they've kind of looked the other way because it's been good for the ecosystem yeah, exactly. in general, right? Mm -hmm. To have more creators on, if they're making money, then that's great. But over time, you know, they need to continue to grow. Like that is the 
the problem with being a public company. You have to continue growing, right. growing, growing. At some point, they're going to look at all the money that goes into their platform that they don't see a dollar of. Right. And, wonder, and it's a lot of we, money. It's, a, it's lot a lot of, of money. money. Like for the yeah. big, big creators, you're, you can get into a seven-figure brand deal, right? Like, and yeah. it's, it's, that's substantial. That's I think not that's, touching, you know, yeah, I think, there, I think there was there was a stat recently that um, it, uh, the reason I I think Dolphin mentioned it on their earnings call when we announced the deal. I think influencer marketing is supposed to hit something like eleven billion dollars, uh, or hit eleven billion dollars last year, and is hitting sixteen billion this, this year. year. Yeah, and is you know one of the fastest growing segments in the entire uh, you know in the entire economy, if not you know within the marketing industry. So. At some point, that yeah. that's going to cross over. Where okay, there's some you know here's a way we can capture ten percent of that or five percent of that or whatever it is, and they'll start clawing away. They can it. do so. That's like every company has to be looking at that number. Sixteen billion dollars are being transacted, but not necessarily via the platform, right? Right. So, if I'm the platform, maybe there's a world where you can introduce like a new stat, right? A new a new data point that really informs you how or if you should spend with that creator. And the creator cannot access that data point unless they pay a subscription, mm. right? Yeah. And then every brand's going to ask you, hey, we'll do a deal with you, but we need to see your, you know, Nielsen score. I'm going to yeah, use Nielsen. It's like graphic data or yeah. audience data, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, I don't have that because I don't pay $4 a month to YouTube analytics for right. it. Oh shit, I need to pay because now I'm in the business. So I, I got to pay for this analytics score now. Okay, here's my score. They're like, okay, cool. No, no, we'll value yeah. you at this rate. So that could happen, right? Yeah. And you can see that, that you know, Elon's at Twitter and they may not be best positioned to do this kind of stuff, but maybe that's something that gets bundled into the right. verified, right? You get extra distribution, you get verified, you get data that you don't otherwise get. It's like a professional version right. of Twitter that, you know, I um, had the opportunity to run Nylon Magazine for, for a few years and, you know, we were very cost conscious, but if Twitter suddenly cost $8 a month, you think we wouldn't pay for yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You think I'm, we again, wouldn't be yeah. paying for uh, that? Also, every creator that you work with through socialite probably would pay for that too right yeah like, we're I mean, all think small about the huge media companies <clears throat> like nbc universal all these different companies who don't pay youtube yeah outside of their ad revenue share right for tons of incredible reach and of course they're valuable to youtube right to get all yeah. that content but that's what i if think they the had most, to pay yeah. they would pay i think that's yeah. the most substantial thing about what's happening with elon musk and twitter right now is he's kind of shining a light on how all of this works and maybe at some point, like the companies, the, the other social media companies are going to look at it and be like, yeah, maybe we should shake things up too. Yeah. That's, that's what's, exactly that's what's right. going to happen in the next and, couple of months. If he successfully, yeah. if he successfully turns Twitter into something yeah. that has subscription attached to it, you know, I, I don't think it's any coincidence that YouTube announced their, um, you know, or, or reinforced that they have 80 million paying subscribers to YouTube TV, YouTube music, um, at one other platform, I don't remember what, but 80 million subscribers. Like, I don't think it's any coincidence that a few weeks ago when he un talked about, you know, Twitter blue, um, they announced that, that like we have paying subscribers too. Yeah. And, you know, we've been talking about this. We've been, we've been toying around the concept of launching a membership platform uh, next year. And there's a couple of different options. You can build one yourself. You can go to Patreon, which is what most creators do. Uh, yeah. And then YouTube also has YouTube memberships. Um, and every platform has like a level of subscription, but they've kind of, they've kind of tossed it to the side. Like it doesn't feel like, like super follow on Twitter. Do you ever, have you guys super followed anyone on Twitter? I have not. No, no. shot, right? 
Instagram subscriptions. Have you subscribed to anyone on Instagram? I have not. I say no every time every I get time. a notification of someone that I forgot I even follow. Yeah. And it's every like, time. this person, you can now pay for whatever extra they do. I'm like, no shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, for your those stories? platforms feel kind of like ridiculous to do that. YouTube, I think, has a shot because video is worth it, right? We we have, as a society, like paid for video content. Yeah. Uh, and that's like a part of our culture. So it's not that far of a stretch, but paying for someone's tweets is like, yeah, the, it's out there. It's really out there. Yeah, you, you have to charge, you can't charge the consumption of it. You can only charge the creation of it, right? That's, like, yeah, the, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because the, the especially on some of those, YouTube, I agree, would be one position to maybe do it differently because the content can be really, really premium. Yeah. Well, we talked about Instagram subscriptions at Socialite for a while, like how, who, which of our, you know, creators would be best positioned to use this product? Um, you know, how would they use the product? Should we encourage them to, should we not? Would it cannibalize their existing audience, um, you know, by creating a product that isn't great? Would that, you know, uh, push away some of their super fans who are actually disappointed by, you have to have such, a clear value prop and such a clear uh, way to provide premium content to people to get them to pay for it. Otherwise it can really damage your brand and your business. So Big time. it's one of those things you don't just dip your toe in no. and try yeah. and try your hand at subscriptions. You yeah. have to be really sure mm -hmm. that the consumer is going to love what you're putting out. And we, we couldn't find any, you know, we couldn't find the right angle with anybody. We decided to wait and see. Yeah. So, okay. On this note, you know, we're seeing layoffs in the social media world. Uh, we're seeing advertisers maybe a little bit more cautious to spend on platforms. And at the same time, we're seeing influencer marketing hit an all-time high. As creators going into 2023, should we be concerned about the ad market or excited about the ad market? That's a good question. Uh, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this too, because you, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you guys talk to to a lot of people about this. I think that you should be excited about it while trying to diversify your business because the trend in within advertising is very much pointing towards creators, 100%. Yeah. Um, the issue right now is influencer mar advertising dollars, marketing dollars, it, it is the lifeblood of the creator economy right now, right? Mm -hmm. Big time. Um, 100%, yeah. and in any recession, it's not because of anything the creators are doing, but advertising dollars get, marketing budgets get cut. It's just, it is what is going to happen in a recession. The question is, will the growth of influencer marketing as a percentage of someone's overall marketing budget going to grow faster than uh, the reduction in that marketing budget, right? Will it outpace the reduction across mm. the overall budget? I think it. I think it probably evens out. I don't. I don't think you're going to see influencer marketing spend go down just because there's a recession. I think it's going to continue to grow just at a maybe slightly slower pace than it has. Yeah, I would say what we're seeing is so long as your niche, your advertising dollars are not going to change. They're probably going to go up because niche advertisers don't want to spend across you know, Instagram generally, yeah. that doesn't even make sense. They would want to spend with the creators who reach their target audience. Yeah. They need a better line of, you know, communication, which is via creators. So anyone that's very niche, I think is going to continue to grow next year because if I'm an advertiser in a niche market, I'm actually reducing my spend across like more broad channels and going into very hyper niche channels. So yeah. I think that's like a, a excellent you're in an excellent place if you're niche. And we've seen that, you know, we have a very niche show. We've seen that that our advertising opportunities are, are growing. Um, but I agree with you that this is a signal to all creators to, to explore 
diversified revenue. And I think if you're not a niche creator, you're at a disadvantage too, unless you're massive. Because if you're kind of like broadly creating, let's say even for TikTok, I consider a lot of TikTok, you know, to be broadly creating. Yeah. You might not be able to even convert your audience into another place, right? Into a, into a subscription, into a Patreon, into merch, yeah. into other avenues. So you rely on the, the, you know, Procter and Gamble budget, you know, or these big budgets to come in and, and spend with you. Um, yeah. I think you, you really have to think about like, do you have an honest connection with a group of people? That's like the boil it down to the most simple form. Like, do you, are you connecting with a group of people for a spe- specific topic? Yeah. If, if yes, then I think you're going to be fine. Yeah. If, I agree. If no, then you, you know, you probably want to work on that and get yeah. more specific. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, I always think like as a creator, the more that you can be singular, the better. And be in a position where an advertiser is like, ooh, man, I would be really disappointed if I couldn't work with them. Right. 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 Because like they're different or they're a one of one in this category. Yeah. Right. There's a big drop off between them and the next person. Yeah. yeah. Once you can get past the place of somebody just wanting to align with your brand or with your content and get to a point where they have to work, the, the ROI is just too high to not work with you mm-hmm. uh, because they're reaching such an engaged community and audience that is perfect for you know your target uh, audience for your product that you're trying to sell. I think that's not going to go. I think if anything, marketers will just be a little bit more analytically focused, right? Where mm. every dollar matters, you need to get you know this amount of ROI on every dollar it gets spent. You can't just mass yeah. market. That's I mean, why I think this this play of someone creating like the the data point. If someone can solve this, like what's the rating for? Uh, that a brand should look at if they should actually work with a creator, like an engagement score. Yeah. If someone can solve that and charge both sides for that, I think it don't, can work. Don't you think we benefit though from the nuance to who we are? I'm saying and, we, right now we currently benefit, but- I, And but wouldn't you the can, data score hurt? It would hurt us, but I'm saying you could convince a lot of advertisers that this is the score that you have to run by, and then we would have no choice but to figure out how to raise that score. Yeah, that, I don't know. I would hate I, to be playing another game. I agree with you. I'm just saying it's a good business for someone to do. Yeah. Please yeah. don't do it, but I'm just saying it's a good business. Yeah. yeah. I think it'd be hard to get that number to catch on and for it to be trusted. It would only be trusted if it came from like YouTube. You know, I don't think that's in YouTube's best interest. It'd have to be YouTube or like you were saying before, like a Nielsen. Nielsen or, or Comscore. Like third yeah. party. Yeah. yeah. Independent. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Sure. All right. Well, listen, guys, the verdict's out to see what happens. But, you know, while we watch what happens on Twitter, we'll all just be on Be Real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Is everyone still on Be Real? I'm, I'm still on Be Real. You, are you Be Real? Are you, how are you being you real? real? You know, I was in, as you guys know, in Europe for a little bit, and uh, the it didn't work as well on worse data. I'll mm. say that. So that I, I kind of paused my use. I'm getting do, back into it. Do now you find Be Real interesting? I do. Why? I don't, I, maybe not from like a business perspective, but. Forget business. Yeah. Fun, I, fun I level. I find it fun. You find yeah, it fun. I find it fun. Yeah. Cause you're, you're kind of, it's one of those products that you're not using all day by any means, but you're thinking about all day because you're, is this the moment I want to, you know, post my be real? Is this like, would this make a good photo front and back or whatever? <laughs> and then you get your notification and whatever. So it's kind of on your mind in ways that other platforms aren't when you aren't using it. Does that make sense? As you guys are both be real, be real right already. Now. I'm, I'm, 
I'm so real bores me even it, just talking about. Yeah, it. really, it's so boring. Are to we me. out? We're out. Okay. Yeah, we're. I'm out. I'm out on Be Real. I did. I miss the episode where we all decided we're out on Be Real. No, we've been we've been kind of like. Listen, I posted on LinkedIn about this. Okay. So if you're one of my 10,000 plus followers on LinkedIn, <laughs> oh you would know. This guy. But only 10,000. Oh, <laughs> what a slam, dude! Wow. Come on, knife in the side. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I said I think Be Real is boring. I think it's a very boring app. Like, I don't think anything's happening there. Guys, what about Koo? I have no idea what Koo is called. I don't what know. What the hell Koo is wow. either? Did you, you don't just, know about Koo? Did no. you just Google you Koo? Just made, I see you Googling <laughs> stuff I, over there. I, I think no, you just I, made up something. I did not make up Koo. But you Googled something. Koo, K-O-O, has been running ads on Twitter, trying to be the Twitter alternative. And it is India's Twitter alternative with global ambitions. That's the headline right here. Interesting. It says... Koo expects to surpass Twitter's 25 million strong user base in India this year. I don't know. I think it's interesting. They're running ads on Twitter. Yeah. I don't think it's going to work. That's not going to yeah. catch on. As I was yeah. trying to get yeah. Koo's trying to woo <laughs> yeah. Twitter creators. No, no, no. Who do you think you are? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to throw another app in the mix here. <laughs> All right, Ev, thanks so much for coming on. If we need another emergency Elon pod, we will definitely call you. I feel like we might. Oh, I don't and, think and this, this is a story series. Is written, right? I think this is a series. Yeah, yeah, this is chapter two in, in maybe a, a 10 chapter book. So where, where do people find you now that you're so available? <laughs> if someone yeah. wants to have coffee with Evan Lozada, what do they do? Uh, you could DM me. Why not? Yeah. DM me. Uh, E-L-U-Z-Z-Y, 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 on all the platforms. All right. Yeah. Hit me up. Thanks, Ev. Thanks, guys. Are we not doing gripes? Oh, you, oh, you got one? I have a quick gripe. Yeah, right, hit one. Of course. Okay. Hit one. Of course. okay. No, well, I, I, as you guys you know, I, ju I just did some traveling recently. Yeah. Okay. And I have a few gripes that, that, right, I, that I realized. Wow. Great. Um, Didn't see you know, this coming. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I came prepared. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, thought this you. was the, the, <laughs> this the, is the platform main course of the you're, show. You're right, you're right, you're right. Um, all right, so here's my first one. I uh, got sat in a middle seat of a plane on a flight from Tel Aviv to LA. It's a 15 and a half hour flight. I have a question for you. What yeah. do you mean you got sat? You didn't choose yeah. your seat? Okay. That's an insane, that's a psycho move from I, you. I, I did <laughs> choose my seat. It was the only seat left. Okay. So you was, elected to be in the middle seat. You weren't yeah. seated so there. It, it, you, it, it, you, there. you acted like people got, escorted you on the plane yeah. and they were like, fate, Evan Lozado's fate right. sat me in a middle seat. Okay. Not fate. You clicked it with the mouse. <laughs> I clicked right. it with the mouse. If it's me, by the way, I'm not even taking the flight. I'm not even taking the flight. Here's my gripe. The middle seat isn't the gripe. The gripe is, why is the middle seat the same price as every other seat. I'm with that. Uh, yeah. You know what I I'm mean? With that. Give me a little bit of a discount. I if I'm going to have no leg room. I'm going to have to share both armrests. I have to get up every five <laughs> minutes, ask both people. You know, Let me wake tell you everyone why. Up. Because okay. you bought it. You had the choice to just fly the next day. <laughs> Actually, you had... You probably wanted to go. They knew you wanted to go that day so yeah. badly that you had no other choice. They yeah. might have even charged you more. That's, that's how it thing felt. Is, yeah. Airlines know what's going on on those websites. They know. They know yeah. how many times you've searched. They know how many times you've looked at it. Yeah. They know how close in date that flight is. Like They're making calculations dynamically. 100%. The thing that they're betting on is that not everybody walks on the plane or nobody walks on the plane and goes, hey, how much did you pay for your ticket? Right. No one would ask that question, but if you ask everyone on the plane, they pay different prices. Yeah. I mean, if the guy who sat in the aisle seat next to me paid less than me. Do you know how, it's just humiliating. But that is it's a highly likely scenario. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point, you can at least negotiate the armrest. Hey, you paid less, can I at least, you know, whatever. Sure. But <laughs> that's one gripe. You'd have some nerve. 
Yeah. I'll tell you yeah. what, if yeah. you were next to me, start, yeah. you were like, start unionizing yeah. the economy like, class. Hey, yeah. Yeah. It's I, come to my attention that you've paid less than me, I'm with but you. I'm in a worse seat. Could you give up your armrest? Yeah. I'm with you on this gripe, but the yeah. problem is it's our behavior that's in reinforcing it. Right. Because if, yeah. if we all decided, like when I say we all, I mean, everyone in the world was like, we're just not going to take the middle seats. We'll just take the next flight, but the aisle or the window, yeah. then they would reduce the pricing on the middle seat. True. They're True. not going to do it just uh, like for no reason. Yeah. <sighs> let, let me say one more thing. Yeah, yeah, it, keep, going, a, keep going. This is the second gripe about, yeah. about the experience. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you guys have this experience being, you know, Delta One members. Oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, okay. You know. Well, uh, you're we'll talking do, to two diamond medallions yeah. right diamond, now. Yeah. yeah, a couple of diamond medallions right here. That's how it gets, uh, You know, I think the AirPods came out in 2015 or 16, something like that. Why do I still have to bring wired headphones on, yeah. a, on a plane? Okay, so I have three pairs of headphones let, when I travel yeah, yeah. now. I, listen, just, listen. No, what is no, this? No, I agree that gripe. it's crazy that Bluetooth doesn't work, but I accept that there's probably something that messes with the airplanes, whatever, the same reason I can't have my phone on, that Bluetooth would mess that up. Now, that said, okay. you can buy an adapter, a Bluetooth adapter that goes in to the where the wired headphones would go into. What's that called? A quarter inch? The Whatever. ox Yeah, hole. into the ox hole. So you, you, you put the Bluetooth adapter in there and you can use whatever Bluetooth headphones you want. I've done that. Interesting. I've bought that. It's a life changer. That's a great product. Yeah. Can it be product. free? Can they just put those in the screens for us? Come on. You, you that's, know what? That's it's, my only I, I agree that, that like Bluetooth should now become a part of just, yeah. you know, you know what airline I mean? you know what really gets me? Yeah. Mm. When I fly specifically anything outside of Delta, when you get on the plane and then you realize there's no screens no. and they would like you to watch on your phone. Yes. hundred mm. percent. As yeah. if How you charged fully yeah. before yeah. this flight. Yes, as if I'm fully ready yeah, for, for four hours of content consumption on my mobile device. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. I mean, I do that. I download full seasons of Netflix shows. Yeah, yeah but like phone. you have an option to do that. Yeah, When yeah. you get on the flight and there's not But if it's a, a mandatory, like if like- well, I guess American. it's not mandatory. It's, it's American still optional. It's, it's yeah. American Airlines. I'm just going to say. <laughs> yeah. No, American Airlines sucks. I'll, I'll be oh the first gosh. one to say that. This yeah. episode has been sponsored by Delta <laughs> yeah, this, One. This is, this is a Delta. <laughs> We're a Delta company. So. Well, if you're still well, listening, um, thanks. <laughs> thanks for making it all yeah. the way to the end of this. And maybe chime in on the Reddit about yeah, this yeah, uh, let airline us related conversation. Let us know. Yeah. Or about Twitter. Mainly about the airlines. Yeah. 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 All That's right. See ya. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>